This is an Eva Burrows College podcast. The content covered here is intended for students enrolled in Eva Burrows College courses and is part of a larger learning context. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Hello and welcome to another EBC podcast. My name is John O'Dortz. I'm a trainer and assessor at the college. In this podcast series, we talk with professionals working in the AOD sector, learning about their role and their experiences working with clients. Today, we meet Claire. Claire, I wonder if you could introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your current role and how long you have worked in the AOD sector. Hi, my name is Claire and I'm currently the service manager of AOD Services Sydney. So I oversee the Salvation Army's alcohol and other drug services across Sydney and Illawarra Shoalhaven. So we have a residential rehabilitation centre in the city, Surrey Hills. We also have a residential withdrawal management service or as you might know, a detox And we also have six community AOD services called Pathways. So I've been working in the alcohol and other drugs sector for about 10 years. Could you tell us a little bit about your background, how you became an AOD caseworker? What was it that attracted you to the sector? I became a caseworker back in 2012. I started working with a small women's drug and alcohol service in North Queensland. I'd just finished my Bachelor of Social Work. I'd been interested in working in either the drug and alcohol field or perhaps even the mental health or criminal justice field um, during university, but I decided on drug and alcohol in the end uh, due to some strong personal connections that I had with the sector. So both my parents had actually worked in the alcohol and other drug sector, and I guess that influenced me a lot watching them work as I grew up. I find that most people working in this sector have a real passion for their work and their clients. I'm curious about what you find most rewarding in this role. And perhaps you could also share some of the challenges. I find the most rewarding part of the work that I've done in the drug and alcohol sector would be just working with people. Um, The people accessing our services are incredible and being able to witness someone's transformation is a privilege. In drug and alcohol, the transformation is often really tangible and easy to see as well, which is quite interesting. It's not just the mental and emotional transformation that takes place, but also the physical transformation. I know when I started out in my career, that was something I was really struck by that People that were first entering the service just appeared so unwell. They were severely underweight, often malnourished, and they leave the service looking like a different person, um, looking really healthy. And that was something I always really valued seeing that change over time. So my role now is quite different as I manage a network of services, but looking back on my time as a drug and alcohol caseworker, Some of the challenges that come to mind um, would just involve the support that we provide people and working alongside people that have varying goals in mind. So often people engaging with drug and alcohol services aren't necessarily looking to cease their AOD use. They might be looking to stabilise or reduce, um, things like that. And it's important that as a caseworker, that we remain non-judgmental and acknowledge that everyone is going to be in a different space and helping people to achieve the goals that they have 
I guess that's a really fundamental part of person-centered care. And I always found motivational interviewing to be a really helpful tool to navigate this as well with individuals. Also, one of the other challenges uh, that I faced early on was around time management. So it might seem like not a big thing, um, but in our work with clients, it's really important to make sure that we are really good with our time management and record keeping. So often the work that we do face-to-face with clients is really important, but we need to ensure that we are up to date with our record keeping, keeping up to date with networking, with other services. I know early on for me, this was really challenging, but over time I developed some techniques that worked for me and kept me on track with all the tasks that were required in my role. Wonderful insights, Claire. Thanks for sharing. It's always so helpful to hear firsthand experience. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what you believe are the most critical skills and attributes required to be a successful AOD case manager. Some of the critical skills that I've found really necessary for a caseworker would include good risk assessment skills, a really important part of our work. Also, and I'll probably say this again, listening is crucial in the work that we do. Less talking, more listening, um, making sure that we listen um, is really fundamental to person-centered care. Also, ethical decision-making skills, and that's something that as a team, um, we've been able to help each other with. Also, strong networking, advocacy skills uh, really come in handy in the role of a case manager when you're trying to build those supports around a person. Also, some of the skills involved in teamwork, working within a multidisciplinary team and really valuing what each person brings to the team, each person's skills, knowledge and experience. One of the really fundamental skills that I learnt early on was the importance of having good boundaries. This was really um, pressed into me early on in my time as a caseworker, the importance of professional boundaries. Um, And what's something that's a bit interesting for me is around personal disclosure. So this comes up a lot in drug and alcohol, the place of personal disclosure. However, as a person, we really need to question ourselves as to why we feel it's important to disclose things about ourselves with the people that we work with. Because most of the time, if we really challenge ourselves on this, it may be that we're sharing it for our own reasons, whether it's our own kind of ego or validation, but it's so important in the work that we do to keep the person that's right in front of us, the focus of everything we do. We are ultimately here for them, um, not about us. And this leads me to mention another very important skill to develop when working in the drug and alcohol sector, and that is around self-reflection and self-care. This is really crucial to ensure our longevity in the sector as well, reflecting on our own practice, uh, whether you do that on your own through journaling, meditation, prayer, or lots of other things, or you might do it with someone else through coaching or supervision. Critical reflection is so vital to ensuring we always bring our best to the work that we do. Of course, as a college, we are very interested in different ways students progress from learning to working. 
And I'm wondering how you feel your previous studies equipped you for your role. My previous studies gave me the knowledge of a lot of helpful social work theories. I understood the reasons behind why people can often develop issues with substances. I understood the relationship between mental health and drug and alcohol and how important treatment for both at the same time really is. As much as I didn't like these things at the time, role playing, things like that were really valuable um, because they gave me the opportunity to practice the skills that I had been learning throughout my study. And I guess one of the other great things about study is that you can refer back to what you've learnt. I know that many times over the last 10 years, I've revisited some of the work that I did in my social work degree and some other courses that I did specifically in addiction studies. And being able to reference it while you're doing the work, it really makes the learning come alive, so to speak. So I would encourage anyone to keep references make sure that you you know write down a lot of the stuff that you're learning because even if it doesn't all make sense to you right now when you're working in the sector those things really do come alive like i say and they are really helpful um, learnings to keep with you what a great endorsement for the power of continuous learning i'm sure in aod there are different areas that are worth highlighting because of their importance Given your depth of experience, Claire, is there a particular area that stands out for you that you could share with us? One of the fundamental things that you will do as a caseworker is conduct assessments. Conducting comprehensive assessments is part of our work every day that we will do. And I just wanted to talk to that for a moment. It's really important early on while conducting an assessment to give people a really good understanding of privacy. Um, their privacy and confidentiality. So explaining the reasons why you're collecting the information that you are and what specific scenarios would mean that you would need to breach someone's privacy. For example, if there are children at risk, if the person's at risk of hurting themselves or others. As caseworkers, we are mandatory supporters. Um, and whilst that um, policy and legislation can change state by state, it's important to understand what your requirements are for you in your role where you are. One of the things that's also important with assessment is making sure that you are conducting in a way that is more conversational rather than just ticking a box. It makes it much more easier to have a conversation flow and um, that way you're able to get the most information that you can and the most helpful information that you can um, from the person. It's important to just be curious as well. Curious, um, even if there's not questions in front of you in your assessment form, still asking those questions if, if that comes up. And assessing risk as you go. So risk assessment, risk management is so important in the work that we do as caseworkers. And this starts from the minute we conduct an assessment. And so you'd be looking at things, not just some of the risks that I've already mentioned, children at risk, um, person at risk of hurting themselves or others. It might even be risks associated with their drug and alcohol use. They might be using um, needles or they might be using a loan. And so you really need to put in place some um, mitigation strategies with the person um, to make sure they're safe. 
Wow, Claire, this has been a conversation full of insights. Thank you for your generosity in sharing these experiences. And I'm sure the students here at EBC will be both encouraged by your enthusiasm for this vital work and will have picked up really practical tips for the journey ahead. Thanks again, Claire, and thanks for listening to another EBC podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date as we release more episodes like this one. Bye for now.